everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we are here, and we're doing life together, and we're so glad that you've joined us. Dr. Linda, it doesn't matter what time of year it is, allergies act up. So on this program, if I sound like I'm a little nasally, oh. it's unbelievable. <laughs> I wonder where you're going with this. Right, yeah, what are you talking about? This, this is not a program about allergies. I don't hear it in your voice. Really? No. I've been stuffy for days. Yeah, it doesn't sound... You know, a lot of times you can hear, like I can hear, I listen to the lady on HLN driving into work all the time. I can hear it when she has a cold. Yeah, I always right. know I'm going, oh, Robin's having a cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's me today for sure. Yeah. Well, I know you watched The Bachelor <laughs> Should I admit it? Should I admit this to people? <laughs> well, it's too late now. My yeah. daughter got me into this. Really? Okay. Yes. <laughs> and I saw the end of the show, if you remember this, where Ari chose one girl to be his wife and then decided a few weeks later he had made the wrong decision and went after another girl. I mean, this was crazy. It was a crazy ending to the series, to that series of The Bachelor. I think it was pretty despised for the way he treated the first woman. I think so, too. And <laughs> I, I actually, what I do is I record the show because I honestly cannot watch mm. it for, you know, every word through that right. whole thing. It it would make me crazy. So I record it and then I fast forward to all the drama parts. <laughs> That's what I do. And it was really dramatic and really kind of ridiculous at the end of that season. I mm. kept thinking, no wonder, Chris, this guy is in his late 30s and he's not married. Right, yeah. It's the way he was acting. But that said, he was experiencing a very unique problem hmm. of choosing between two women. You know, that's really not common. Well, actually, he chose between about 27 women right, when he started yeah. that show. So that's not something people typically have to do. And they call this reality TV as if it's yeah, normal. That's right. <laughs> I'm dating 27 women at right, one time. Right. Well, let's leave the TV drama since there seems to be plenty of it. Although real life relationships can have plenty of drama as well, of course. And since you are the relationship doctor, we're going to focus this show on relationships. But we're going to look at common problems in relationships and then talk about how to fix them. So no crazy TV relationships, right? That would be great. Yes. Common, Thank common you. problems. So <laughs> things that we can all relate to, not dating 27 people. So let's begin with one that does have an identified fix, but both people have to want to do it. Hmm. Have you heard the saying, couples who play together, stay together? Yes. I know we always say in church, couples who pray together. Right. But there's also play together, play together. stay together too. <laughs> Praying and staying are good too. Mm -hmm. But this is true because spending time together is a critical part of developing that friendship that has to be the basis mm. of a relationship. So spending more time apart is a problem that leads people apart. Well, do you think that different people have different ideas about what is either too much or too little time together? I mean, what if an extrovert is married to an introvert? And what if an introvert wants more time alone? So that's a really a problem that you actually see quite often. Mm -hmm. So you have to talk about this. So right. the biggest fix of that is to talk about the expectations and make sure both of you are clear about those expectations so that one person doesn't feel like it's too much or mm. it's too little. But still, you have to spend time together in a relationship. So this is one of those things you really have to negotiate with a partner. And some people do want more time alone. Mm. Right. And other people want more together time, so you have to find a way. And we're going to talk a little bit later about how you might be able to do that. I think one of the dangers I see is working too much and devoting your life to your job rather than your partner. That can be a problem. It is, and it is a problem for a lot of people. What happens is couples grow apart. Uh, it's not fun, Chris, mm. to live with a workaholic or someone whose job seems to be more important than their partner. I have to say, my husband has been really good in this area. He tries not to take his work home, even though he's always had really high demanding mm. jobs. So he doesn't let that weigh him down when he's with you? He doesn't bring work home. 
I mean, occasionally he has to answer phone calls and those kind of things, right. but he doesn't bring it all home and keep going. Well, if a couple does deal with this, what are, are ways to fix that? So begin by discussing your feelings with your partner and then carve out some time in your schedules, making it a priority to be together. Mm. Do the things that will relax you and kind of make conversation easy. So, you know, you have three children mm, and right. they're young. Yes. It's really hard to have conversations in the middle of all the, <laughs> the, the stuff that's going on with the household, right? That's one thing about this show. I'm like... I had a 30-minute conversation with an adult that was uninterrupted. <laughs> I love that. And now you're having it with all of America, right? That's, that's Too, right. So that's good. Yes. So you have to carve out that time, and you have to have a time where you're more relaxed so you can talk about things about your relationship. And so you want to maybe think about taking a short break mm. or a, a little trip, even if it's to the park or someplace where you can just be with your either your friend or your partner. And you want to make it so that it's easy to talk. Use your phone sometimes to text and just stay connected and anticipate maybe being together with text mm. messages. I don't know if you ever do that. We do, yeah. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, we're that older generation, so we have not ever <laughs> used it that way. We just give information on text. But you have to do friend stuff as well as romantic stuff to keep that connection strong. Well, what about being in a relationship where the expectation is to spend all your time with the other person. It's like there's no space for you. I've known a few people like that. Have you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's it feels suffocating mm. when you talk to it's, them. It's suffocating to watch. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. So, you know, you don't have to do every single thing together when you're in a relationship. And it, it really honestly doesn't probably help the relationship because there isn't that anticipation mm. of being with that person. And here's the thing. People need a little bit of space to create their own kind of individuality in order to grow and to develop. And being a re- in a relationship doesn't mean you have to give up everything you've ever done mm-hmm. in life, you know, your hobbies, your interests, your friendships, maybe obligations that you have outside of your relationship. So it's good to have some individual time or time with outside friends. You can use a little time alone if you want to to pray. That'd be a good right. use of time. Yeah. Uh, take long walks in nature. Visit your friend. Maybe visit a museum, especially if you have a partner who's not that into that. Uh, do something maybe that your partner doesn't want to do, but it would be healthy and good for you. I like to just go for a drive. Get in the car and just go somewhere. I like that, too, because mm-hmm. you know why we did that with my dad oh, yeah. when I was a kid. We just mm-hmm. went out and went somewhere for ice cream or something. Right. We just got out and drove. That's it. It was great. Now, I know Dr. Norm loves soccer. But you're not necessarily that into it. So (laughs) does he spend his time watching soccer games or playing soccer? He grew up in Honduras, right? Mm, So that's like soccer is like their football. Everybody plays soccer. He's got a very different perspective on soccer than most of us who live in the United States. Mm. He used to play in college, too. So he doesn't do it anymore. His knees and his ankles don't allow him to do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Years of playing. And he likes to watch international soccer. I just can't. Are you into that? Believe it or like not. Manchester a li- U. And yeah. I know all that. You like it? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. yeah I. He could just watch that, I think, 24-7 mm. if he wanted to. But when he does that, I'll do something else. I'll read. I'll write. I'll talk to a friend on the phone. Maybe I'll do a Bible study or something. We don't have to be every waking moment with each other. Right. It's okay for him to have that interest. Well, the takeaway is that too little time with each uh, with each other is a problem as is too much time. There's a little bit of a balance there. There is. And couples need to find that right amount so that they don't feel either gypped or overwhelmed by another person. So you don't want to grow apart or feel like you are being smothered. So talk about this with your partner. Bring it up as a topic and then assess how the two of you are doing in terms of achieving that type of balance. Okay. Well, here's one more before we go to the break. It's another common problem. Couples fight about the same things over and over. And it could be dirty laundry, 
uh, clogged sink, uh, the way you handle living costs, uh, that unfriendly look she gives you, <laughs> when, you, when, you when you make her upset, the sky's the limit. So the fix for this one is to look at how you fight. So mm. most couples don't solve all these problems, but the way they deal with each other during a fight really matters. So if you're being critical, defensive, maybe mocking, really negative, it's going to pull you apart. But if you disagree in a nice way and remain kind and respectful, then conflicts don't have to destroy a marriage. And remember, it's the way you fight that Mm. matters. No name-calling, yelling, throwing, disrespect, the things that add fuel to a fire. This means you can disagree, you can have conflict, you can fight, but you need to use self-control. Well, as we work through some of these common problems in relationships, we may realize that some couples may need a family therapist if it's really difficult. And we, of course, support that here on the Dr. Linda Show. We need to take a short break, so stay with us as we discuss common relationship problems with fixable solutions. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Mother and daughter relationships are powerful, and they impact all our other relationships. Think about it. The way you react with your mom typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote, I love my mother, but... A book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I love my mother, but available on my website, drlindamintel.com, or online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And before we get back to our discussion about common relationship problems and their fixes, I want to remind you that Dr. Linda blogs weekly, has a free monthly e-newsletter, and keeps you aware of all things about relationships on her website, drlindamental.com. Follow her on social media as well, Twitter at Dr. Linda Mental, and more. And you will find helpful blogs on the subject of all of our shows. And she has a number of books like We Need to Talk that you will find helpful in all our relationships. And Dr. Linda, how about this common problem uh, dealing with relationships? I think it's a big one. You don't like your partner's parents. The in-laws are a problem. Well, that Mm. is certainly a big one. (laughs) I think we've actually done a show on the in-laws. And we got a lot of response to that show. We probably need to do something on that again. But you got to remember that your partner didn't choose their parents and you Mm. didn't either. Right. Right. So you're you're stuck with who you have in your family. So if you're not really feeling the love (laughs) and that connection with your partner's family, don't make that an issue in the relationship because there has to be some way that you come together as a couple and you really begin to look at this, work with this, and accept that these are the people that are going to be in your life. So I would ask this, are these people really as bad as they seem? 
Maybe your partner's mom is no interior decorator genius. Maybe she's not a great cook. Uh, maybe she's not a master debater. But you have to look past these kinds of things and these details and look at the way that she raised either a son or daughter who is the person you're caring about, because that's what really matters. What if the in-laws simply are just truly difficult I mean, disrespectful, unfriendly, that's a tough situation. It is tough, and you need to talk about that. So you're together in this relationship, and that's, if you're in a marriage, you have to remember you're unified in this marriage. Your two have become one, right? And your partner is supposed to defend you, stand up for you, and intervene whenever their family becomes negative towards you. So it's up to the partner to put up boundaries on their family and address problems when they treat you poorly. Okay, let me try this one. Isn't it easier just to avoid them altogether? But I know what you're going to say. I <laughs> know. You're looking at me like, I know I'm going to try it, but it's not going to work. It, it is easier. It's true, Chris. It's right. easier, but it's not healthy. True. So you're talking about family, these deep, deep relationships, whether they're good or bad. And those relationships affect us. And they carry over to all of our other relationships, whether we realize it or not. So it's better to try to address problems um, head on, try to work it out. Because if you let problems simmer, they're going to build resentment in the relationship. And eventually, it could lead to an explosion. And I'll tell you this, this is really important that you, you work it out. Because if you can figure out a way to deal with a difficult person, and we've had mm. shows on that, mm, right. you're developing relational skills that are going to help you in all kinds of other areas of your life. Right. What do you do if the family simply does not want to work things out and they continue to be difficult? So as a couple, what I would do is decide how you're going to respond to these difficult situations ahead of time. So think about it ahead of time and then unite in your idea or mm. your response, what you're going to do, right. be a team, let your partner take the lead with his or her parents and then be together on what you decide, stick to it, always leaving room for some kind of reconciliation mm. and make sure you don't carry unforgiveness towards them. But you might have to set some boundaries. But not showing up for Thanksgiving is not a solution. Well, it, it, it depends because I've had you know situations where people are abusive and mm. they're, maybe they're operating in an addiction. You can show up and then if things go poorly... And you, you can make the decision ahead of time that if it, certain things start to happen, you're going to leave. Well, Dr. Linda, here's another common uh, relationship problem that seems tough to fix. You feel insecure about your future. Maybe you have different goals about the future, and you're not sure your partner is on board. So life is a multitude of opportunities, and mm-hmm. you have to be together on deciding the direction you take with somebody, which, again, hope you're seeing the theme. It takes a lot of talking about these things. So this doesn't imply that one of you has to sacrifice their dreams for the sake of the relationship. It means navigating the dreams together, deciding how you can work things out and working through whatever necessary changes there are so that everyone has a chance to be fulfilled. So both of you can be fulfilled in that relationship. Relationships really are a series of negotiations as you try to balance your needs with the needs of another person. You know, Sharon and I have, uh, we've had some big decisions to make here recently and we found that Christians have a, have a leg up because you can pray together right. and, uh, get God's guidance on things. I think that's huge. And I feel bad for people who don't have that. I know. Yeah. That kind of thing. But it's, it's just such a great point because couples should be in agreement about decisions and the directions that they take and, God, I believe, and I think you believe this too, Chris, that God calls both people when there's a change in Mm, something because you're in a covenant 
And when you pray to God and you ask him for direction and to lead you, and if your relationship is strong, he's going to put that kind of peace in the heart of both of you. Mm. Even if it might be difficult to make a change, he still will keep you both in unity and wants to see you moving forward and has something for both of you when those changes are being made. Well, what about when you marry someone who is so different from you that they may have a hard time relating to you on, on some of these issues. You might have very different careers, different backgrounds. You come from different places, uh, different insecurities, and even just different worldview and life experiences. And I think those differences make the relationship a bit more complex, and you do have to work really hard to talk about your feelings again and talk mm. about the way you see things, talk about how you grew up, right. what ideas were passed on to you in the relationship. A lot of times this is really difficult because maybe your family has very different ways of thinking about money or conflict or even the spiritual stuff that we've been talking about. So Mm. you have to really work on this. And again, if you have faith, Christian faith, you can pray together, you can ask God for wisdom. And, you know, again, don't be afraid to talk to a Christian counselor if there's so many differences. And you're, you're sitting there and you're talking to your partner and going, wow, like your family responded that way to <laughs> relatives or whatever it is that's different. Just sit down, talk it through, and get some help if you need some some help with that. You mean your family likes the Washington Redskins? Are you kidding me? What I know that, that really is the problem. If anybody <laughs> married into our family who went to Ohio State, I right. don't even know what our family would do because we're such Michigan fans. Right. <laughs> we probably would ban them from, you know, football season or something. Exactly. <laughs> well, probably one of the most common relationship complaints that I've heard is that people simply feel misunderstood. Yeah, and that's so fixable because the only mm. way you can deal with that is that you have to explain yourself. You have to talk to the other person. And a lot of times in marriage, we think that our partners can read minds. So communication is a two-way road. I know that sounds cliched, but for those of you who feel like you're in limbo, whenever you talk to your partner about something personal, you've got to go in there and start really, really talking deep and try to fix that right away. Because this is one of those things that if you feel like you're misunderstood, you start to pull away from that person, Mm. then you feel detached, which is leaving you even a little bit more hopeless and consumed about how bad the relationship is. And then what happens, Chris, is we turn to other people and other people then listen to us. And I'm telling you, this is one of the budding things of an affair Mm. because then people say, well, that guy listened to me. He understood me at work. My coworker gets me. Why doesn't my husband? And that's dangerous ground to be turning to other people rather than the person you're with. I've seen that happen so often. I know. It seems innocent at first. And then it's a problem. Well, it, what's funny about it is I always say when people tell me that, you know, my coworker really gets me or this mm-hmm. man that I, I know from church really gets me. I thought, he doesn't live with you right. 24-7. <laughs> so I'm sure he doesn't get everything about you. Right. Well, another common problem is feeling like you don't get enough attention in the relationship. Yeah. And I've heard lots of people say my spouse is just too busy with other things, whether it's the kids or whether it's, you know, some kind of hobby or interest. Mm-hmm. And uh, you really do need to talk again about that and say, is this happening? Saying things like, I need help with this, or I love it when you do this, or I love it when you look at me like this. Those are ways to cue your partner, or even just to say, I need a little bit more attention. Right. And then tell the person what that looks like, because sometimes people don't do it because they don't know what to do. Well, Dr. Linda, we're coming up on the break. When we come back, I want to ask you about two really big ones, money and sex. 
The news these days is full of so many sad, depressing, or downright frightening things that cause us to go through our days with frowns on our faces and a cloud over our hearts. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I've got a suggestion for you to help ward off the heaviness that you might be feeling. The Bible is clear. Laughter does good like a medicine. One clear antidote for heaviness is to increase the laughter in your life. While my friend was battling cancer, she made it a regular habit to watch all the wonderful old comedy movies she could find. Laughing with her husband allowed them both to enjoy a rush of endorphins and precious moments together. Now, I'm not telling you that laughter alone will solve everything, but it will clear out the gloom. Reading God's Word and living in His promise is our best armor. But having a good laugh every day will help keep your focus off those things you can't control. It'll cut down on your wrinkles and increase your trust in the God who rules your world and the world around you. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today we're talking about common relationship problems and their fixes. Let me remind you that you can use Dr. Linda's social media to find many articles on this topic and more. Go to her website, drlindamental.com, and it will connect you to her blog, social media, and books. Dr. Linda, we've reached the final segment here, but we've got two big topics to talk about. The first one I want to ask you about is arguments over money. That one seems to be common. If you have one spender and one person who's frugal, that is difficult. Right. Or in another case where I've seen both people are spenders. Mm. Well, should you talk about how you were brought up to think about money? Maybe that would help some because talking about what your parents did with finances, I would think that would be a better place to start in terms of understanding what the person has been exposed to and learned. I think that's a really good way to do it, actually, so that mm-hmm. it wouldn't be so direct. Right. You could say, you know, tell me a little bit about your family. Tell me how they dealt with things. And when you're dating somebody, you kind of know those things a little bit. You can tell a little bit about the money. But you could ask, you know, about that in the past. But then I would also ask them, since you've been single, what have your habits been? Mm, And what are your thoughts about how you spend, how you save? What do you do? And again, I think this is one of those things that people just don't bring up often enough. You know, there are lots of online courses, radio shows and types that talk about money. There's a couple that I know that went through the Dave Ramsey program. They actually ended up on his show. Oh, really? And did the whole thing where, hey, I'm debt free and all this stuff. Wow. Uh, Some churches do offer that, like you said, and and they seem to be really good programs. There's a couple of Christian programs that are financial programs that Mm -hmm. I know. um, I'm not sure if I'm remembering the names correctly, so I won't say them. But you could even get online, Chris, and look at Internet programs that will help you with debt and how to save and will calculate a budget for you, that kind of thing. Dr. Lynn, here's one that uh, could be extremely difficult in a relationship. It's dealing with people's habits and their vices. Mm. And, uh, you know, what do you do with someone who may have a drinking or even a drug habit? It's one thing to be you both smoke, for instance. But when one person does and the other person doesn't, it could be hard to live with that person. Yeah. And we're not advocating smoking for either person. Right. (laughs) But it is more difficult when one person is doing a habit like that and the other one isn't. So habits are hard to quit, Mm. especially addictions because of how the brain is rewired with an addiction. So I see people breaking up from addictions all the time. And so, again, this is one where you have to talk about the progression of an addiction. Here's one, Chris, where we really need a lot more understanding of what addiction does to a a person Mm. and how it it does hijack the brain, the thinking part of the brain, and things go really poorly after a while. So the problem is you have people who get into denial over the addiction, and one person is always trying to help, and then you get into this whole enabling role, which Mm. is unhealthy. So that is a really tough one. See, this is where Christian counseling and Al-Anon can help. But 
there's a fine line between loving the person but uh, not reinforcing their addiction. Yeah, so that goes back to that enabling thing again. Mm. So you do probably need help with this if you're stuck in that part where one person doesn't want to change and you really need change to happen. So I would say get with an addiction specialist and get some help. Well, let's talk about a more common problem, and that's feeling like you're giving it all. But the other person in the relationship is not. You feel they're not in, uh, involved. Again, we don't want to think of it like a contractual thing where if I don't get enough that I, I've given, then somehow you know something is wrong. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't be keeping score, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. But you should feel like that you're giving to a person and that you are getting your needs met and you are getting something back. And if you don't have that going on, then again, the two of you are going to drift apart. So again, have an open conversation, mm-hmm. talk about that, ask them about their investment in the relationship. And remember that you have to be doing things together. And it feels unhealthy and you're in a rut. Then again, I'm going to just say, get some help from a marital therapist. Now you uh, mentioned getting your needs met. And we'll close the show with this issue that we talked about a minute ago. Uh, It's a common problem that married couples don't want to talk about, and that is sex and intimacy. If the sex only comes around about as often as Santa Claus, you have a problem. (laughs) You might need to work on a strategy to uh, bounce your intimate life back on track. That's right. You would need a strategy if it's only when Santa comes. So we have to think about intimacy as not just a physical thing, but also an emotional and mental, spiritual thing. And this is one area where you really do have to get at the root of the problem. Like, Mm -hmm. is it a physical problem that's happening in a marriage? You know, because no sex in a marriage is just not normal. And something is causing that problem. And like I said, it could be anything from a side effect of a medication to an affair to a loss of libido, maybe busyness Mm. in the light in your life or stress. The fix is that you have to talk about what the cause is and be committed to working on this part of your relationship because we're wired for intimacy and you just cannot ignore this one. Now, I have to admit, this is the hardest one to talk about for most people. Mm. Well, Dr. Linda, we've we've listed lots of common problems in relationships, but when you get down to it, really all the common problems can be fixed by simply submitting these problems in our lives to Christ and imitating him. That's right. So if you recognize these common problems and you think, I need to do something about this, you need to begin to talk with your partner. You need to begin to pray with them, with God. And I think that's a big part of this that Mm. we often don't do. You'll notice that the fix always begins by bringing up the problem and having the courage to talk about it. We keep saying that, but so many times couples don't do that. Then you have to work on a solution, and that might require you getting a third person to help you. But I'd rather get the help of a therapist or a wise person than sit and stew about the ways your partner bothers you. That only creates a negative tone for the relationship, and then small things are interpreted negatively, leading to bad feelings. So remember, relationships should be safe places to grow and experience life with a special someone. Be patient, be kind, try to instill the same virtues in your significant other as you hold dear. Relationships are important to the quality of our lives, so fight for them. You need other people to do life. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our social media director, Kelby Kymig, our engineer, my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're here, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone.
Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.